Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Charlie Speaks. This is episode three and I am going to be speaking to you about my coming out. The reason why I'm going to speak to you about my coming out is because this month, August, which is when I'm recording this, is the month that I came out of the closet. Also, today is my nephew Aaron's 44th birthday. Aaron was born in 1978 and I came out the month he was born. So it's always easy for me to remember how long it's been since I've come out and what month it was because it all happened on his birthday. So happy birthday, Aaron. And um, this episode is dedicated to you and to all the uh, wonderful people who have supported me throughout my life, in particular, my family. So as I mentioned, uh, I came out in 1978. It's crazy to think about that. Um, I guess I guess as people get older, nobody ever thinks it's been that long, but it has been a really long time and so much has changed. And so that's really what I wanted to focus on for this particular um, episode of Real Charlie Speaks podcast. I wanted to really focus on my experience and my memories of what it was like to come out in 1978, why it was so important for me to come out, the reaction of my family and friends over the years, and um, how I see the changes that have happened in society, and what it means to watch uh, younger people and older people as well come out today, and what coming out means, um, because it's uh, the definitions have expanded so much over the course of the last 44 years. So take a minute, if you will, with me, and let's fly back to 1978. So I was closeted in high school. I um, I had I don't I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about like actual sexual acts because I I feel like for so many of us we really don't need to know that about the people we love or the people that we're interested in. But let's just say that when I was um, very young, I experimented with a friend of mine and um, it was not a particularly pleasant experience. It wasn't like a bad experience. I wasn't scarred or anything like that. It just wasn't a particularly pleasant experience. And I thought at the time that that meant that I couldn't be gay. This was a male friend of mine um, because I didn't enjoy it. And so for the longest time, I just thought I'm just not gay. I'm just, you know, whatever my sexuality is, it's just not particularly exciting. Um, hindsight, I just wasn't attracted to him. That was that was the thing. But I never ha- I didn't have that kind of vocabulary back then to really understand that, oh, um, you know, there are people I'm going to be attracted to, there are people I'm not going to be attracted to. There's probably going to be a small amount of people I'm going to be attracted to. And um, most people I won't be attracted to. And so that's where in- that lies. But um, so for years after that, all through high, uh, all through high school, I just was really, I wasn't necessarily closeted. I was just asexual, I guess, for lack of a better term, or I was temporarily asexual. Um, And it wasn't until uh, the summer between my freshman and my sophomore year in college that I really decided, um, I actually made a conscious decision to explore my sexuality during that summer. So a couple things happened that summer. First is that I got offered a job in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm from the eastern part of Pennsylvania, so this was... uh, This was a job that I was offered by um, uh, a friend of mine who lived on the dorm floor. His dad offered me this job. It was an internship and I grabbed it and I worked in Pittsburgh for a while. And then they ended up sending me to Tampa, Florida for, I feel like it was about, ended up being, it was going to be for a week. And then I feel like it ended up being about six weeks. 
And it was when I realized I was going to be by myself in Florida in a hotel room, um, 19 years old, uh, that I decided I would explore my sexuality. And so that's really the summer that I came out. I ended up um, finding some gay bars that I could go to and get into because I was underage. It was 21, drinking age was 21 in Florida back then. And uh, once I got into the bars, I met someone, not the first night, the first night was a disaster. Um, And again, not like in a traumatic way, a disaster. I just didn't connect with anybody. It felt very stodgy and old. And then the second night I went to a different bar and it was a lot of young people and I met someone. And then I met someone else a couple weeks later. And that's really when sort of the um, everything connected. And I just felt like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be. And I have to also mention at this point that I feel very grateful um, or very blessed to never have questioned my sexuality after um, I came out. So I wasn't someone who was particularly fluid or um, bisexual or bicurious. Um, I literally, the moment I realized that my sexuality was working and I was attracted to men and men were attracted back to me, there was uh, no question about that. I didn't try to change it. I didn't try to erase it. Um, I didn't try to look for other things. I was really, really happy with it. And I had no uh, no desire to ever try to, to enter into some sort of a marriage with a woman or anything like that. And I feel, again, I feel very, very fortunate because I look back on some of my, the people that are in my age group, and so many of them did try to do that or, and, and, or they did that successfully. Like either they were bisexual or they were able to just focus on things other than their sexuality. Um, And that's fine. I'm not here to judge anyone. I just know that for myself personally, it was a huge um, step when I came out of the closet. It was a huge step, not not just towards settling my sexuality, but it was also a step to like feeling like a whole person. Um, I spent a lot of time when I was younger, excited about being an adult. I was not some kid that really loved being a kid as much as other kids did. So when I finally did become an adult, and a young adult in college and after college, I just really, really um, loved my sexuality. And I love the fact that I was gay. It was a great time to be gay. It was a couple of years before AIDS hit. And so uh, it was very celebratory and um, uh, and great. And there wasn't a lot of um, anger. Uh, all of that came later during the AIDS crisis. But um, it was a really great time to be um, celebratory and, and happy. And so... Um, I didn't tell my family at first. My mother found out by accident. Um, I'll tell you the story. My parents are both dead, and um, and this might be a really good thing for my nieces and nephew to hear uh, a story to hear at some point if they ever listen to this. So um, about, let's see, that was August of 78. I would say about six months after that, I was coming home for, um, no, it wasn't. It was a year later. I take that back. It was a year later. I was coming um was it a year later or was it that? I don't know. Anyway, it was Thanksgiving break. It probably was not a year later. It was Thanksgiving break. It was probably, I I feel like it was um, that year in 78. Um, I came home for Thanksgiving break and I went to, uh, you know, went through the whole break and my mother was, after the first day or so, my mother was really odd and I knew something was up. I couldn't understand what was up. And then uh, I packed up to go back to school and I realized that I had forgotten something. So I went back um, 
and realized that, um, and keep in mind, this was 1978. Um, I had uh, the gay version of like a Playboy magazine. So it was called Blue Boy. It was softcore. It wasn't hardcore pornography. It was just pictures of naked guys, um, just like there's pictures of naked women in Playboy and Penthouse and things like that. I had it stuffed in between the mattress. And I guess somehow my mother found it. I don't know. It's just, maybe I didn't even have it stuffed in the mattress. Maybe it was just under the bed. I literally, my mother was not a nosy person. I literally think she was just looking for a pair of shoes because she was using my room as kind of a closet because we had a small house. Um, ironically, she was using my, my room as a closet, which I wasn't in the closet anymore. So her shoes could be in my closet. Um, and so she found this magazine. And so I... When I went to retrieve the magazine, I pulled the magazine out and there is literally a note paper clip to the front of the magazine. And at the time I was being really like obnoxious and saying I wanted to be a male model, which of course is absurd because I'm not an A-list kind of guy. But at the time I was thinking that I was bet more than what I was physically. And so um, I must have been talking to them about that. So she writes this note and it says, Dear Philip." Is this the kind of modeling you want to do or are you just into men? I'm concerned. Love your mother. <laughs> so I ran downstairs. My ride was there to pick me up to go back to school. Um, I looked at her and I hugged her and I said, I just found the note. And she said, yeah, right. And I said, no, I literally just found the note. And I said, so I will call you when I get back to school. So I went back to school and got back to school and called her and we cried and we cried and we cried and we cried and we cried. And we cried. And then everything was fine. I mean, she just accepted me. Um, her biggest fear was that she had a cousin who was gay uh, who committed suicide when he was drafted into World War II. So she was really concerned I was going to commit suicide over something. And and over the course of the months and the years, I I really you know told her that no, this isn't going to happen. And I'm, um, and uh, and luckily for all of us concerned, you know, I did outlive her. So that was a, that's a really good thing for all children to outlive their parents. Um, so immediately she decided she was going to tell everyone in the family. So she told my father, she told my sisters, I have three older sisters. And so the whole family knew about it. I can't say that it was um, particularly comfortable. It wasn't uh, there was no anger. There was no, um, we're sending you to conversion therapy. There was none of that. Um, everyone in my family is very polite. So there was a politeness about it, just like with everything else. Nobody really talked about it that much. Um, my father did take me on a ride one day and he stopped the car and had a conversation with me. And he said he didn't think I was really gay, that when he was in college, he had no time to date. So he just focused on his schooling and his work. And then once a year, he would take a woman out on to a to a dance, like a school dance, a college dance. Um, but that was it. And then after he got out of college, he was an engineer. So everything was very methodical. After he got out of college, he got a job, he got uh, a place to stay, he saved money, and then it was time to look for a wife and he found my mom and they got married. End of story. Um, and that was the point that I realized that we were very different in the fact my, my father and I are very similar in a lot of ways, but we were very different in the way that we expressed our sexuality because I really was interested in celebrating mine and he was interested in putting his in a um, in a in a box, so to speak, that um, that fit really well within the container of our current heteronormative society. And he was lucky because he was straight. And so that was an easy thing to do. And he was able to just move on with his life. Um, 
and he and my mom had a great relationship. So that was that was fun. But that was really it. And then over the years, um, you know, I had some some issues, uh, you know, here and there, but nothing really nothing really major. Um, and I just sort of showed it kept showing up. I was showing up at, you know, holidays. I would show up at birthdays. Um, you know, my nieces and my nephews were all born during this time period. Um, and uh, I have, you know, two nieces and a nephew. And so by 1984, they were all there. And uh, I just, like I said, I just showed up at fa for family functions and I was who I was. I was, everybody knew and uh, I didn't hide anything and I had boyfriends and long-term partners. And over the years, it just, you know, I was very, very fortunate because the idea of, um, of my personal sexuality was just that I, this is who I am. I'm not going to hide it from anyone. I'm proud of it. I'm not ashamed of it. If you have a problem with it, that's your problem. And so, um, and then of course, as the AIDS crisis exploded, I became angry and uh, militant and an act more of an activist. So that arc sort of took over. Um, uh, but I have to say that the idea of me coming out for my sexuality was um, was a lovely thing. I mean, I just I really, as I mentioned earlier, I, I'm really, really fortunate that that I had no um, I didn't have any questions. Once I figured it out, once all of that clicked physically, it all clicked for me emotionally and spiritually and all of that. Um, and I felt very, very blessed to be gay. I didn't never felt like it was a um, I never felt like it was a burden. I mean, the AIDS crisis and being HIV positive has been a huge burden over the years. Um, also a gift, no doubt, but a big, uh, you know, health health crisis and health issues are always a big burden for anyone, no matter who they are. Um, but being gay was an absolute gift and I would never change anything. I mean, oftentimes you hear people on TV like, um, you know, if they could, ch if I could change being gay, I would actually no, I would have, I mean, from the start, from the moment that I came out and really understood my sexuality, I was like, I love this. I would never change a thing about it. Um, it feels so natural and normal to me. And, um, and uh, yeah, I'm happy with it. So, so I, I'm very grateful to whatever was inside of me, whether it was genetics or, nature or nurture or I don't know what but um, but I do I feel very very happy I would like to add that um, although I did keep this very positive because honestly my experience has been very positive uh, there are three things that happened to me over the course of my life that's I found to be very odd and very disturbing and it has really been a part of sort of the coming out process so I have actually lost three friends over the course of that 44 years um, that I've um, come out of the closet. So the first person I lost was uh, a really good friend of mine in high school who got married very young when she was 19 and her husband uh, didn't like gay people. So she had to stop speaking to me and being friends with me. Um, that all got changed when she got divorced. She was older. Um, I did forgive her because of her age and the time period. The two others are more difficult to talk about. Um, the first person was someone who I was really, really close to in college and uh, st remained very close uh, friends to. And she uh, was single for a very long time, was an artist and, uh, or is an artist. And um, 
was very much a free spirit. And then uh, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know what the reasons are, she decided she really needed to grab onto this guy. And he was very much a Christian. Um, and uh, he, uh, I didn't know this. I uh, was very happy for her when she said she was going to get married. Um, and I um, was very excited for her and uh, started talking to her on the phone about uh, making plane reservations to come out for the wedding. And there was a lot of silence on the phone. And it was then that I realized, oh, um, and I said this to her, I said, oh, am I not invited to the wedding? And she was like, oh, well, la, 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 on and on and on. Um, we had a very complex relationship. Um, she's the last woman that I was in love with, I could say, before I actually came out of the closet. Uh, we met in college, very early on in college. Um, uh, however, nothing happened between us. It was a very innocent uh, relationship. We didn't have sex. We didn't, uh, nothing ever happened. So, um, but we continued to sort of have this um, intimate relationship, I guess you could call it a platonic relationship. Um, so uh, that really hurt. And over the years, um, you know, we tried, she tried to repair that. I tried to repair that and it just never worked very well. And I was very hurt by it. Um, so there was that. And then the third person was even more bizarre, which was someone who I knew uh, after I got out of college uh, I became friends with her at my first big job that I had, and we remained friends forever. Um, I came would come back down to visit. Um, after I moved back up north, I would come back down to Atlanta to visit. I'd always see her. She came up to New York a couple of times um, and saw her, and we just had a very, um, also a very intimate but completely platonic relationship. Um, we told each other uh, everything, and... Uh, she had uh, been someone who was Jehovah's Witness and had been very damaged by that religion when she was young. And all of a sudden, um, not so long ago, I would say uh, in her early 50s, she decided to go back to the church. And she emailed me about her decision to go back to the church and talked about how she made sure that it was okay with her husband and her daughters who were grown at the point at that point. And all of a sudden, once again, just like with the phone call about the wedding from the other friend, all of a sudden I was reading this email thinking, oh my God, this is a goodbye email. Like she's actually saying goodbye to me because she can't be friends with me anymore because she's re-embracing this religion. So if any of you who know me or any of you talk to me over the years and I don't seem particularly tolerant over Christianity or any sort of organized religion, this is the reason why, because... Um, uh, I've lost people um, because of religion, and I just don't have any time for that, and I don't have any room to uh, be accepting of that. I just don't. I have no. I have no tolerance for it anymore, especially at this age. So, so uh, I couldn't talk about this uh, experience of coming out with sharing that. I certainly don't want to dwell on those. Um, issues. Um, everyone loses friends over the years for all sorts of reasons. Um, so this is just uh, three examples of what I went through. Um, but, you know, it's pretty, uh, pretty intense. So, so that's the three situations um, in my life. And uh, as I said, like I have uh, dealt with that emotionally and in therapy, and I've uh, let them all go. So over the years, uh, you know, things have really changed a lot in the last 44 years. So we have um, 
you know, people came out as gay, bisexual, or lesbian back in 1978. There wasn't really a transgender movement. There were people that were trans. There were people that were um, gender fluid and non gender nonconforming, but there wasn't really a language for that back in 1978. And so predominantly what coming out meant back then was coming out sexually. It meant you were coming out as either gay or lesbian or bisexual. And today there is a huge amount of um, identities that you can embrace as a young person or even as an older person coming out for the first time. Um, Or you can come out with your sexuality and then later you can come out with your gender expression. So there's all sorts of um, identities out there today that um, I'm really thrilled. I'm really thrilled that that the younger people have really embraced this um, and are really um, uh, are really exploring this idea of um, gender as a separate um, entity from sexuality, although they do have moments where they merge uh, someone's gender expression and someone's sexual sexual orientation um, or sexual expression are two unique parts of each person. So as I said, it's just a very different uh, time period today, but I really um, I uh, applaud um, all the younger people and the older people that are discovering things about themselves and creating new terms and uh, coming up with new ideas. Um, uh, of things that have been around forever, but that have just never been either identified or society has not wanted to deal with them. So as someone who fought really hard for um, gay rights, LGBT rights, AIDS rights um, over the course of my lifetime, I not only applaud, but I support um, people in their journey to find the best version of themselves, um, a, a way to express that both verbally and um, emotionally and in the idea of their place in society. So it's just, um, to me, coming out is a really a wonderful thing because once you start to discover aspects of yourself and you can identify them and you can um, you can talk to other people and you have a vocabulary to explain what this is and how your journey, as unique as your journey may be, um, where there are commonalities between people, I think that uh, it makes it always makes for a better world. And so, um, so yes, uh, so bravo to everybody today that's doing that. And uh, and uh, I just I, I'm just really thrilled. I'm just really thrilled about that. So before I finish, I just want to mention that uh, I have listed a number of films uh, on my website when I post this podcast. There are a number of really great films about coming out that have come out over the past 60 years, six zero, 60 years. There's also a number of television shows that feature a really strong LGBT characters coming out story arc. Uh, I Obviously, I didn't list every television series that's ever been made about that or has had really strong characters. I literally just listed the TV shows that I've been exposed to over the years. I know there are so many more television shows that have come out on networks, uh, in streaming services that I have not explored. And so this is just a sampling of what I've loved. Um, But between the films and the TV series, hopefully there's something there that uh, connects 
and that interests you that you would want to explore and um, and just see uh, how literature and film and television depicts uh, our coming out stories because there's so many different types of stories and um, everyone's story is to be honored and unique. So um, so there's uh, titles like Beautiful Thing, But I'm a Cheerleader, um, God's Own Country, The Incredibly True Adventures of Two Girls in Love, uh, Latter Days, Love, Simon, Morris, which is most of you know is my number one uh, film of all time. Rafiki, uh, incredible film that came out recently. And then the TV shows, The Fosters, Glee, The L Word, Queer as Folk, uh, One Day at a Time. Transparent, which is problematic for so many reasons, but it was uh, about an older person uh, coming out as trans. Ugly Betty and the United States of Tara. So those are a sampling of uh, some of the many films and television series that explore the coming out process. In fact, so often when you speak to authors and um, people that pre- that create movies and TV shows, they'll talk about how they don't want to explore the coming out process because it's been o- done and overdone. And, and it's just, they just want, a lot of people today just want to have stories that have queer characters in them, but not necessarily that the queer character is doing anything other than living their lives as a queer person. And and that's great. But I do think that every generation needs their own coming out stories. So you see this in YA literature, which is fabulous. Um, YA literature is just busted down the door of every possible identity and um, explored it and celebrated it. So that's fantastic. And then, of course, there's been lots of adaptations of YA novels or just YA stories um, and hopefully continue to be stories of older people as well. Um, because I, as I mentioned, every generation needs their coming out stories. So, um, so bravo to the people that are still writing those books and, uh, writing the film scripts and the TV series. I think that's it for me. So, um, I just wanted to thank everyone so much for, uh, coming on this journey with me. If you have a story that you'd like to share, um, feel free to go to realcharlie.com and, uh, put something in the comment section Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Next month, uh, we will get back to speaking about a particular work of art. So next month, I'm going to explore Armistead Maupin and his series, Tales of the City. It's been uh, one of the true joys of my life to um, read and watch this series and absolutely fall in love with these characters over and over again over the past um, 40 years. So... Um, So look forward to that. And in the meantime, have an amazing month. Um, Check out realcharlie.com for um, reviews of things that I've watched, films and television series that I've watched. um, And uh, let me know whether you agree, whether you disagree, um, or just uh, send me a a comment just to uh, get the conversation started. Meanwhile, take care. uh, Enjoy. Have a great, great time. And um, always be happy. Bye-bye.